Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Sunday we kicked off this new teaching series that I simply entitled Killing the Things That Are Killing You. We're going to be in this series for the next few weeks as we slide into the holidays. And how many know sometimes you can eat too much turkey and that makes you feel like it's killing you? Come on, somebody. Y'all know it's got something in it that makes you go right after that, that meal, right? You turn on the Macy's Day Parade and, and then you're just gone for the next five, six hours, Right? But we're going to be talking about killing the things. We want to attack the things that are attacking us. And last Sunday, I asked the question, how many of you have ever been in a situation? How many of you ever went through something that was so taxing on you? It just put so much pressure on you. And you literally said these words, man, this is killing me. Anybody ever said that before? I don't mean like, you know, it's, it's literally killing. But it, it's like it's unbearable. This thing is too much. I know there's been people that I have said, man, you're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. And so, and so whether or not you've spoken those words, I think we've all been cornered before positioned in a place where we felt the pressure so intensely that we felt like we were going to break. So in this series, we're going to be dealing with the things that are attacking us, the things that are killing us. Maybe it's not killing you physically, but it's killing you spiritually. How many knows that, 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 that the enemy will bring things on your life that applies so much pressure, it's like I, it just pushes so, so far down that you can't break out, so then you just succumb to whatever it is, and you just stand there in this, this, this I can't break out. That's why we sing songs like, Shake Up the Ground. Shake up my foundation. Some of our foundations have been religion and, and religiosity, and, it, and, it, and, it's been, and it's been my traditions. Instead of my foundation is the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. His name is Jesus Christ. We're going to be talking about things like this, addiction. We're going to be talking about anger issues. We're going to be talking about anxiety. We're going to be talking about depression. We're going to talk about comparison. How many knows that comparison will kill you? It will stunt your growth. We're going to be talking about confusion. We're going to be talking about fear, insecurity. That's where we are today, part two. And unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, bitterness will kill you. It is a root deep down inside. And you can say, I forgive you, but if you don't deal with the root, it will resurface you can, you, can, you can go out there to your, to your weed, uh, I almost said weed box, but some of y'all are like, wait, you going, no, 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 no. Y'all could go out to, let me say it politically correct, flower bed. That's actually the word I was looking for, but where the weeds are. And you can, and you can take your weed eater and, and chop it down so you can't see it anymore. It's gone. But how many knows there, unless you pull it up from the root, you're going to have, you're going to have some ex- exposure coming very, very soon. Amen? So we're going to be talking about that over the next few weeks. Part one was last Sunday, and we started talking about insecurity, and we ran out of time, and that's okay. And so we're going to keep on rolling anyway. Amen? If you want to talk about a tool that the enemy uses to stifle and stunt your growth as a Christian... If you want to talk about a tool that the enemy uses to stunt and stifle the growth and the maturity of a church, I can think of no other tool that he uses more frequently and that is most effective and that prevents us from making a difference and an impact in our community and in our world. It is simply this, insecurity. Insecurity. Insecurity will put you behind prison walls even though you're sitting in your house. Insecurity will put you behind prison bars even though you're in a church and there's worship music going and the pastor's preaching the word. Insecurity will hold you hostage. Speaking from experience, last week I read to you John 10.10. I'm going to read it again to you from the Passion Translation. simply says this, A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, 
and destroy. This is what Jesus, this is what Jesus said. This is his words. He said, but I have come that you have everything in abundance more than you expect life in its fullness until you overflow. I want, I don't want just enough to get through the week. I want an overflow. I want to be so slick and so slippery in his, in his presence that the enemy cannot touch me. I want, I want to be so engulfed in it. That's why, we, that's, why, that's why I encourage you in worship. Man, lift your hands because there's a freedom that you can experience greater than if you just stand there with your hands in your pockets or your arms crossed. When I say, man, if you feel comfortable, lift your hands, I'm trying to get you to a place where you feel comfortable because in that moment, there's a freedom that you can experience that you would otherwise never experience. And I want to I live in that overflow. I told you last week that one of the first things that you've got to establish as a Christian is this. Are you ready? God is real. You can't get saved without believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead on the third day and he is soon to return. So God is real. But you also got to know that the devil is real. Heaven is real and hell is real. And the devil wants to kill and destroy every single part of your life. And he starts with relationships. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill your purpose. He wants to destroy your calling. He wants to rob you of your confidence and your significance. And ultimately, he wants to kill the destiny on your life. But what did Jesus say? I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly or life to the fullest so you can live a life of freedom. Today, we're going to be unpacking... unpacking this topic, attacking insecurity. I told you last week, there's three types of, I'm just kind of just going back just a little bit to dip a little bit so that we can move forward, rebuild this foundation. Three types of insecurities that, you, that the enemy will use. It's your, in your personal life, it's in your professional life, and it's in your relationships. So prof, prof, personal, professional, and relational. That's where the insecurities, if he can, if he can, and I'll tell you what, if he can insert, if he can just insert, insert insecurity into your personal, that'll obviously, obviously show up in your professional and all your relationships because you're going to be timid because you don't see yourself the way God sees you. Got to test the mic sometimes to make sure you could hear what I just said. These are the areas that, that insecurity shows up in the most. Insecurity is something that, 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 I've dealt with my entire life. As a matter of fact, just this Friday, because of your faithfulness and giving, we were able to, to feed uh, the Var- Chiefland Varsity football team here at the church in the cafe. We used to go, and I'm so thankful for, for the other churches that allowed us to use their kitchen for years. First Baptist allowed us to use their kitchen, and we'd come in, and we'd come in at like 5 a.m. and start cooking. And, and so I got this cool idea. They, they got catering companies, man, that will do that kind of stuff for you. And so, so we, we don't have to show up at 5 o'clock any, anymore, and we can show up just before the guys and the food comes in. And we did that this Friday. And it's, it's a custom that whoever the host church is, the pastor normally comes in and just shares a brief word with them. It's something that I watched Dad do for years. And we were there that morning. Last year, I didn't get the opportunity. Coach was real quick to get out the door. I didn't, didn't have an opportunity to share. And so they were finishing up their breakfast this, this, this Friday, and I said, hey, Coach, do you mind if I just share five? I just need five minutes with them. And so I got up, and I just, because, you know, they, they actually some of them literally rolled out of bed and rolled into Release City and put their head down on, put their head down on the table and was trying to catch a few more Zs before it was time for breakfast to be served. And I got up and I said, guys, I know the first, the last thing you want to hear right now as you're getting ready for school, because it's real, it's like dark 30 right now. I said, is a preacher coming up and preaching to you? I said, so I'm not preaching. I said, I just want to share with you for just a minute. And I just began to share with them that there's never a right time to quit. Not on the field when the scoreboard is not going in the direction you want it to go. It's not time to give up. I said, you know, you're, you're gonna, some of you are going to go on to college and, th- and life, and you're going to get married, you're going to have kids. You don't give up on your marriage when things get tough. You don't give up on your kids. And I told him, I said, I said you know how some of y'all give your, your parents a hard time, y'all knuckleheads, and they start laughing. I was like, you're going to have kids that are knuckleheads too. I said, but you can't give up on them. And then I just shared a little bit about, about, about my story and, and, and the transition of the ministry with Dad and their, their passing and all that, and I started getting emotional. And in my mind, I was like, dude, I'm... <laughs> Why am 
I get these 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 high school kids? They don't want to see this little skinny dude crying, right? And I'm trying to keep it together. And but it wasn't the story. It was that I saw myself in the exact shoes that Dad did, sharing with some of the exact same young men. Because some of them said, because I had my Buckeyes hoodie on. And, 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 and they said, only because Coach Weber will I allow you to wear that today. I'm, th- I'm thinking in my mind, you ain't going to allow me to do nothing, hero. T- who are you talking to? And so, so, but I saw myself in that role, and I got emotional. And, and, I, and when the, we departed, and I prayed over him. I said a blessing over him. And then, and then Jose and Kim were here helping with the breakfast. And, and, uh, and I, I walked back to, the, to the, the, the area, and I said, man, I said, one day I'm going to be able to tell this story without, without crying. And they were like, no, those young men need to see that it's okay to break down. Because they're told all their life, suck it up, buttercup. Get your, get your, get your stuff together. Just, just keep. No, they need to see the realness that life hurts sometimes. But guess what? I had every reason. I told them I had every reason to give up on life. But there's never a right time to quit. Amen? So, 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 so I, I missed the whole part of why I was even telling that story. I stood behind the counter just before I went to coach, and I could hear the Holy Spirit say, I gave you something to share with them. But my insecurity rose up. I I kid you not. I I just talked about insecurity last week. I I was literally just going to go, it's okay. They'll be good. We fed them. That's really all they came for. And God said, but I gave something to you that they need. I promise. Dude, I was like, it's the craziest thing. I'm like, "I, I can do this. But I fought it. Why? Because there was insecurity. And the enemy wanted me to withhold from them what somebody, those guys needed to hear. And you could have heard a pin drop in that room. Not just because they were tired, because the presence of God came in that moment. My, through my obedience of walking over and saying, Coach, can I have five minutes? And he said, absolutely. And it empowered me then to move forward. Some of you guys need to just take a step of faith. I'm going to get there in a minute. Some of you just need to step out and just be obedient, and God will empower you in the moment you say yes to do what you think you can't do. And let me tell you something. Without him, you can't. You will fail. Sure, I could have told a story outside of the anointing, but it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that sets people free. Those young men may never come back in here, but I guarantee you there was a seed that was planted in their heart that when they get all the way down the road of life, and life, and I told them, I said, life sucks sometimes. (gasps) Oh my gosh, I can't believe you said it in church. Life gets crazy sometimes, and they're going to remember this little skinny bald-headed guy that said, no matter what, you don't quit. It's never a right time to give up and quit, and somebody else needs to hear that today in this house. So insecurity affects all of us, even pastors, <laughs> when you know he's equipped you to do what he's called you to do. When we begin talking about attacking insecurity, there was this story in the Bible. It's the story of Joshua, and we're going to go there. Joshua 1, it's in the, it's in the Old Testament. and I couldn't think of a, of a better story to, to illustrate where we want to land this thing as, as, we, as, we, as, we, as we unpack this. and Joshua was the assistant to a guy named Moses. Many of you know who Moses is or, or at least know the name. Moses was this guy that God used in a mighty, mighty way to get the children of Israel out of slavery. And he miraculously led, them, led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. And y'all know the story that once they got through and the Egyptian army came in, God just released all that water that was standing straight up to come down and just trample over them and kill them. And after that, after that, I mean, can you imagine? You're following this guy, and he said, God is gonna, God's going to make a way. And, and you're walking, and, you, and you're watching the water, and you're walking through on dry land where that was once soaked. And then, and then you get through, and you see all of it come down and crash the enemy. Moses could tell me to paint myself blue and look like a smurf. I'm listening. He, Moses was the man. Somebody like, what's a smurf? <laughs> I, I saw somebody, I go, huh? So then after Moses passes away, God says, Joshua, now it's your turn. Now it's your time. And this is what I'm, ha- I'm going to have you to do. And I can only imagine Joshua going, I am nowhere compared to... I am nowhere compared to Moses. I'm not even qualified to do what you're asking me to do. Joshua is probably thinking, man, I'm not the leader that Moses was. 
Let's just go there. Can we? Joshua 1 says this. After the death of Moses. I know we read this last week, but it's going to set it up. And then, and then, we're, then we're busting forward. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you, everybody say promise. If God makes a promise to you, you can take it to the bank, baby. He said, I promise you what I promised Moses, that wherever you set foot, you will be on land that I have given you. From the Najib uh, wilderness to the south, uh, in, to the, in the south to the Lebanon mountains, uh, in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. So be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land. I received that today. I swore. I just had to add that in there for me because my spirit needed to hear my mouth say it. You are the one that will lead these people to possess all the land I have swore to their ancestors. I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. What was he saying? He was saying, I don't want insecurity getting in your head. The same way that I made a way for Moses, I'm making a way for you. The same way that I promised Moses, I'm going to be with him, I'm going to be with you. And I'm here today to tell you, Release City family, the same way God made those promises that in his word that he would never leave us and he would not forsake us, I'm here to tell you, regardless of what you're going through, in spite of what you're facing, our God, if you'll let him, if you'll let him, he will walk with you every step of the way if you'll let him. Many of us don't really experience that, that freedom and, that, and, that, and feel him in with us because we really haven't allowed him. What, how do I do that? I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you... So we're not willing to say, God, do whatever. I'll come in this room but I'm going to do what I want to do. It didn't work that way. Now I can see why God pressed on us to learn that song because that's how you're going to get out of insecurities when you make room for him in the midst of your insecurities. He, what God was saying is I need you to be confident. I told you last week that the very thing that God wanted Joshua to understand, God wants us to understand today, and it was point number one from last week, and it was simply this, I am calling you. I am calling you. I told you Dennis Weber did not call me. Yes, there was a phone call, but he did not call me to be the pastor of this church. God did. Yes, Dennis is my earthly father, but God is my heavenly father. And before I was, before I was here, he already had a plan for me there. Can you see how all of the words and messages are coming together? He already knew that on April 28th, 1975, that January of 2014, I was going to move his family back to Chiefland. He knew. And why did it happen? Because I made room for him. Don't let, don't let me fool you. I had an agenda for my life. I had things I wanted to do and places I wanted to see, people who I wanted to meet, and I felt like I had the knowledge and the skills to do it. But I had to make room for him. Because my prayer was, God, use me. Just use me to, to impact people's lives. And it could either be me trying to do it on my own or it could be me making room to remove all the other stuff, making room for him so that he could lead and guide me. Are you willing to do the same? Are you doing the same? That's a rhetorical question, by the way. Hopefully that got some of you going. <coughs> and if it did good, it needed to. Some of y'all's toes do need to shrink up in your shoes a little bit. You know, when somebody steps on your toes, y'all are like, what, what are you talking about? Smurfs and toes. Make no mistake about it either. Listen, guys, the moment that you begin to grasp the fact that God wants to use your life right where you are to make a difference and impact the lives of those in your world, the enemy is going to do everything that he can to unload insecurity on you. 
I had home court advantage last Friday. This is our house. I'm not in somebody else's house with another pastor watching to see how I'm going to do it. You know, because pastors be that way sometimes. I'm very careful just when I get, my little little spiritual radar goes off because judgmental. Where did he go to school? Where did he get it? Where did he get his education? Jesus. This was home court advantage. I had every, I mean, I mean, you see the boldness. You would have thought I'd have walked in and said, hey, guys, did the whole Dennis Weber thing. You know, you're champions. I believe in you. I, I can do all that. But I was, not today, not today. I, we fed him. That's good enough, God. But I, what pushed me across the line was I was more scared of disobeying God than I was of what those young men would think about me. And that's where you need to get. You need to get more uncomfortable with what, what the, because for every choice, there's a consequence. <laughs> and so, and so, and so, and so, 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 so it's not just bad choices. It's, it's good choices that you refuse to, to follow, that there's a consequence for. And I, I refuse to be spanked by the Holy Ghost for my disobedience. And refusal to to obey what he told me to do. Okay, let me move on. That's just me, y'all. I don't know how y'all dealing with it, but that's just me. Let me say this too. You can never allow a critic with nothing more than a powerless opinion to talk you out of what God has called you to do. I saw this quote this week. I read it to Amy this week. It said, never respond to shade that comes from a tree that bears no fruit. Y'all know what shade is. Shade is when somebody's like, you're like having the best time of your life and everything's going good and somebody tries to rain on your parade. That's called shade. Did I say that right, Grace? Because, you know, sometimes 48 don't, don't flow right with the new jive and, and they be making up words. I'm like, what's wrong with this word? We've been using it for 48 years. Y'all got new words. And, 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 and so, so shade, never respond to shade that comes from a tree that bears no fruit. That'll hit some of y'all later this afternoon. Y'all be walking through the fruit aisle at Walmart. Hey, I got it. I got it. They bear no fruit. They have no fruit of the Spirit in their lives. <laughs> you can't let someone who doesn't have the faith that you have talk you out of the dream that God put inside of you. I'm talking to me today. And because I know how insecurity works, because there ain't a single person in this room, including the pastor and his wife, who are perfect. Not one. There's nobody in here that's perfect. You can be in here today, worship God like nobody's business, and get just soaking up the word right now like a student of the word, right? And you walk out and somebody mess with something, and you go off. Where's all my people that will be honest and say, sometimes I go off. Okay, so because I know that we're not perfect, when God, this is how insecurity works. When you know that God's called you to do something and you go, nah, I've made too many mistakes to qualify for what God is asking me to do. I've made way too many mistakes to be qualified to stand behind this sacred desk. I'm just telling you. But this is what, this is what I want you to remember. When you have those same thoughts, this is what I want you to remember. Write this verse down, Romans eleven twenty nine. It's not going to be on the screen, so write it down. It says this. This is the latter part of that verse. For God's gift and, gifts and his call are irrevocable. You know, those people went with the people that, that knew my story back in Georgia, and, and I make, you know, I'm, I made some jacked up decisions just like some of y'all made this week. You know, I made, made, made some too. And, and people are like, oh, it's just time for B. Weber to sit down. You know, he's done. God, God can't. You just sit down. Nope. Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. What's he saying? You are called on your good days, and you're called on your bad days. I know it's easy to feel called when everything's going good and hunky-dory. But it's, it's, a, it's a hot mess when you're trying to bust through, bust through uh, uh, a mess that you've created. Right? Listen, you're called when you feel 10 feet tall, bulletproof, and full of faith. And you're called when you're too tired to care. God was trying to drive this home to Joshua. He's like, I didn't choose you for this. I, you didn't choose you. Excuse me. You didn't choose you for this. I chose you for this. So have confidence. What he's saying, Joshua 1.5, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Why? For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. 
He was telling Joshua this, and, I, and he's telling us this today. I can't remember if I gave you point number two last week or not, but I'm going to give it to you now. Just like he told Joshua and Moses, he's telling you today, I am with you. If you're in the middle of a situation right now that you, you're saying, man, it's killing me, B. It's killing me. If you'll let him, he will be there. He will walk with you, and you can stand with confidence and say, I am not alone. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you need to know this. God built you to succeed, not to fail. Let me say this about loneliness. Because we go through those, those times where insecurity comes and we feel alone. Nobody understands. Nobody knows the sorrows. What's that song? Nobody knows. Some of y'all, the troubles. Some of y'all can play that smallest, what's it called? Smallest. Yeah. I'm going to move on. I, I had an illustration, but I'm not going to use it. Some of y'all can play it real good, though. You ever seen somebody who felt like they could play? I remember when Ansley first started learning how to play the violin. Until you get, until you get good at it, it squeaks. Y'all know what I'm saying? And some of y'all thinking y'all playing it real good, but y'all squeaky. <laughs> y'all squeaky. Nobody knows what I'm going through, and nobody knows how I feel. <laughs> we laugh, but some of y'all going to pick that little violin up on the way out and go, I heard what he said, but no, nobody knows. Listen, you can be surrounded by people and still feel, feel, uh, experience the feelings of loneliness. You can be in a group full of people. You can be in church with the presence of God in here. But unless you tap in, unless you tap in, you get no power. Ah, oh, I got a plug right here. They won't go very far. This thing right here is connected to this keyboard. It can be laying right beside the power, the cord, the power source. But until it gets plugged in, it can't do nothing. Some of y'all come in here and come to church and you in the environment, but you're walking out with no power because you didn't connect. <laughs> Why didn't I connect? Because it wasn't part of your traditions and religion. Religion will kill you. Your traditions will kill you spiritually. But I got to hold on to them. I know some of y'all, I felt it in that song. We got to that part. I felt something in my spirit just like, Ugh. And, and I felt the response in the room is like, what's wrong with me? Like, why is he? Because I was, we're saying stuff in the spirit world, God, in the spirit realm. God, shake up the ground of my traditions. Tear down the walls of my religion. God, I want to make room for you. I'll never forget right after dad passed in those, those early days. And I would literally, we'd be, be in the middle of the night, one, two, three o'clock in the morning. Amy will remember, I, I'd wake up just crying. I'd wake up and it was like, is it real? And in a split second, yes, it was real. And it, the emotions just came. And she'd roll over, she'd hug me and, and she'd let me know that she was there for me and, and all of that. And I, there might have even been moments I can't remember that those those months were fog now, but that I might have said, you know, nobody understands though. I I, I get it, you know. I, mean, I can't imagine how that makes her feel. Would have made her feel to go. I, I, you're you're trying to show me that I love you, and that you're here for me. But it was like nobody knew or understood. Some of you come to church. And God is wanting you to know, I'm here for you. I got you, but you like me, but I still feel alone. I was in, I, I, leading a church of people who were, you guys were so supportive through that whole journey and that process and still are. But even though I felt the love and, I mean, half a chieflin 
showed up at my at dad's house in the yard setting up. I mean, Smith City, you guys were setting up lawn chairs and school board and everybody. I mean, everybody's just coming out. I didn't even go outside. I'm just looking. I'm like blown away. We were surrounded, but yet I felt so alone. So what am I saying? You can be in the midst of, of, of all kinds of, of, of incredible support team, but unless you let them, you're going to still feel alone and insecure. Loneliness and isolation are one of the most powerful tools that the enemy will use to drop seeds of insecurity into your life. Well, I'm just going to stay home from church today because nobody, no. And now now you're on something. Now you're tripping on insecurity. You've opened the door for insecurity because the place you need to be is with family. See, when I was going through that, I had forgotten the fact that in spite of my present situation, God still had something great for my future. In spite of of losing Robin and Dad and and all this, and COVID with the church, and I've never been a pastor before, in spite of all that, I forgot, and sure, God called me, but I I, I lost sight of the fact that even though my, uh, even though uh, uh, my my present situation looked like this, God still had a, a future for me forward. And I just came to tell somebody today that regardless of what's happening in your present, God still has something great that he's preparing you for, he's preparing in you for your future, regardless of what you're going through right now in this moment. See, because even though all I could see was, oh my gosh, my parents are gone and, and I'm trying to lead this church through COVID and, and, and all this stuff, nobody, there's no blueprint for this. God knew that I wasn't alone. He knew that he was still there with me. God knew he was with me. He knew he wasn't going to leave me. He knew that he still had a plan for me. He also knew that the call on my life was still good. Because God knew there was still property to come. God knew there was still a building to come. God knew there were still lives that I was going to be able to impact. He was going to use me to impact. God knew you were going to be here today hearing this message today on insecurity. Because I believe there's at least one person in here that's dealing with insecurity. (laughs) I know there's more. (laughs) I'm just trying to be nice. (laughs) See, I'll try to be that preacher, not the one who goes, y'all dealing with insecurity. The truth is, all of us do. All of us do. Isaiah 41.10 says this, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. What was he saying? You can be confident even in the middle of struggle, even in the middle of confusion, even in the middle of fear. You can be confident. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says this. For God said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Why? So now you can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. Who can, what can mere people do to me? What that tells me is, who cares if somebody posts something negative about you on Facebook? Who cares if a family member is saying some stuff about you and your, your immediate family that aren't true? Who cares if somebody on the job is trying to spread rumors and lies? Something that somebody told me one time and it stuck with me all of my life and it and got me through some of the most painful experiences of my life. Outlive the lie. Outlive the lie. When your life doesn't line up with the, the story that is incorrect, they will then, you don't have to try to defend yourself. Your integrity and your character will. Thank you. Your integrity and character will go to bat for you every single time. The reason that we feel like we got to step in is because we understand and identify that our character and our integrity are not. That's why we feel like we got to step in. 
But when you make room for him and you say, shake up the ground, break down the walls of my tradition and religion, and you make room for him, then he can deposit something inside of you that you begin walking with character and you begin walking with integrity. Point number three. What, what I want you to know is this right here. My God is bigger than a Facebook post. I don't care how many followers they got. Because they're probably sitting on their toilet or sitting in a basement somewhere trying to blog their, their powerless opinion. And the moments that you feel like you can't do it, point number three, he said, I am going to do it for you. We just read it. He said, I'm going to be your helper. I'm going to be your provider. I'm going to be your helper. Don't fear. Joshua 1.3, he said it again. I'm going to reread it. I promise you what I promised Moses. Listen to this, y'all. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I have given you. What's he saying? I'm not going to give you the land, Joshua, that you're bragging to everybody about. I'm going to give you the land that you step out in faith and touch. In the middle of COVID, when we were supposed to be starting a building program, a building campaign to purchase land, I didn't know we were going to be able to pay cash for it, but God did. I'm just like, God, there ain't but 12 people in here, and we don't know if anybody's even watching online. He said, but I told you last year that you were going to launch it in the spring because he makes all things new, new life. That's what we're going to do. But there wasn't nobody here. And he said, are you going to do it? And I said, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm, yep, I sure will. I'll obey. Felt like I was crazy. And then with a year and a half, we were able to walk in to the bank that we had taken a loan out to cover the money that we didn't have. We were just going to go ahead and purchase the land because Miss Page was ready, and I didn't want to lose that option. And so we went to the bank and, and got the rest of the, the money we needed so we be able to pay it. And within 30 days of that loan going through, we didn't even get our first payment. I was able to walk into the bank with a check and said, I need to close this personal loan, this loan that the church has opened up. I'm closing this. I'm not even going to make a payment. I'm paying it off today. And we, what, what? See, 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 he said, the, 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 the land that I, you put your foot on, I'm going, it's yours. I'm going to give it to you. If I would have withheld and waited for all y'all to come back in here, we'd still be trying to raise money. We're at 52000 That's just shy of the seventy that we used to pay again in another year, less than a year and a half. We've almost doubled it. Because, why? Because, not because anybody got up here and said, would you please give to this building program? We didn't. We didn't do any of that stuff. But we put our foot down, and he said, it's yours. Some of y'all need to put your foot down in your family so God can say, it's, it's yours. It's your. What am I saying? I'm saying, because the enemy is coming in like a flood, you need to raise up a standard. That's a whole other message. I'm going to preach that. I just shared that with our lead team just the other day. Y'all still here? Y'all still good? Okay, I'm almost done. Believe that? Ooh, yeah. Listen, what am I saying? Here it is. When God asks you to step out in faith in an area, get your head up, stick your chest out, square it off, and start walking with confidence, knowing that God called you, God is with you, and God is going to do it for you. Deuteronomy 20, verse 4 says this. For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies. And he will give you the victory. Point number four. Get some confidence and let's go. Get some confidence and let's go. He's looking at Joshua and he's like, I know you're concerned with how it's going to turn out and you're scared to death and it, it seems impossible right now and, 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 and you've forgotten that, that with me all things are possible. God's already done the whole thing of Joshua, Joshua, be strong 
and very courageous. He's already, he's already done the, the, God's already done the cheerleading moment. Be strong and very courageous. How many know sometimes we don't get it the first time God says it to us? We still need some look convincing. So let's just go on back to Joshua 1, and let's go down verse 9. And this is, what, this is what God says. And this is what he's saying to some of us today who are still going, there's no way I can do that. I don't have the finances to support that. Can I just tell you? When you start taking care of what he cares about, he'll take care of what you care about. He's proven it time and time and time and time. But I can't. No, you won't. <laughs> but I'm scared. I don't trust God. That's what you're saying. Okay, let me move. That's just a little, that's a little nugget. Just drop that right there. Joshua 1.9, he said this. I'm no longer going to say, cheerleader, be strong, very courageous. This is what he's going to say. He's going to say, this is my command. Be strong. And courageous. And today, the Holy Spirit of God, through my voice, is telling somebody in this room, in spite of what you're facing, in spite of what you're going through, I command you now, by the authority of God's word, be strong and very courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Basically, what God is saying is it's time to say yes. Just get the yes out of the way. I'll do the rest. All he was looking for me to say last, uh, in 2020, when it was time to, when he was reminding me of the building fund, will you, will you, were you going to still obey me? When I got the yes out of the way, that's when God got, moved everything else out of the way. <laughs> Just get the yes, nudge your neighbor tells you, get the yes out of the way. Just get the yes out of the way. And God is saying the same thing to many of you today. You know that he's placed a call on your life. It's time to say yes and step out with confidence. There are things that he wants to give you, but he won't until you step on it. I don't know who this is for. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's being generous with your time and generous with your resources. Maybe it's leading in our group next, um, next, uh, next semester in January, February, when we kick off our groups again. I don't know what it is for you. Yeah, but I, I'm not qualified. I, 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 don't even, I don't even open my Bible. Do you have a story? Share it with somebody. I guarantee you there's at least one other person in this room who probably has the same story you do. That's why those of you that come every week get tired of me talking about losing my parents and going through COVID and how we got the building fund and all. But guess what? There's somebody who's walking in here for the very first time. There's somebody who's tuned in through Facebook Live. There's somebody who's listened to podcasts for the very first time that need to be encouraged to know this Bible is real. It's real life stuff. Because when I start sharing, I can hear the enemy going, they're so tired of hearing you talk about your father and your mother and the building fund and that y'all paid cash for it. Who is that? I hear that. But I put my foot on the enemy's neck and say, shut up in Jesus' name. Somebody needs to be encouraged. There's a reason why I, he allowed me to go through the mess that I went through so that I can encourage somebody else to keep on going. It's never a right time to quit. In closing, let me get to the finish line because I'm about ready. To, we just refueled the plane back up and I'm about to take off again. I feel it. It's time to start walking in some confidence. I, just, I can tell some of y'all's faces like you're checking out on me. So I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to bring the plane down. I can't see how people could fall asleep in church when the power of God is like it is right now. If you got somewhere better to be, then you probably should be there. <laughs> Becky said it today in our prayer time. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against and he's calling us to be bold. That's why I'm being like that. That's why. If you got somewhere better to be, you, you need to be there. But I'm telling you, ain't no better place for you to be than under the teaching and the gospel when it is anointed. And sure, what you got may be important. I'm not saying that it's not. But when you take this and apply it to that, 
when you take his word and apply it to your plans, and then when he begins to move your plans out of the way and, it, and, and your plans become his plans and you're no longer worried about what you got to do and where you got to go and the things you need to get done on a Sunday because you're getting ready to start your new week. I'm through when I tell you this. I'll never forget not long ago. I got word that somebody was leaving the church. I said, oh, man, we, we love Pastor B. <laughs> we love Pastor B, but he just relates more to young people and students. And I chuckled when I first heard it, and I was like, I'm scanning the room. I'm like, congratulations, y'all, by the way. Y'all are students and young people. got categorized that 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 I, I draw young people more than I do older older that which was completely completely a lie because for the most part everybody's in here middle aging up I'll never forget I thought it was hilarious for a minute and then it cut me because all I am is a guy trying to do what God's called me to do and do it to the best of my ability and the rest with his ability that's called supernatural And there was a split second that I felt defeated. Why are you telling us this? Because even as a pastor, the enemy will, will use people unlikely to, to, to cause you to go back to insecurity. I'm not telling you that because well, who's talking about my pastor? Who's talking about my pastor? We've got to get him. I'm not telling you to go, oh, but we love you, Pastor B. I, I don't need that. I, I, I know you do. What I want you to understand is, even when you're in the midst, because I've been trying to pull you and pull you into, into obeying God and saying yes to God, but what I want you to know is, when you say yes, that does not mean that everything's going to be the Red Sea getting parted and you walk on dry land. Sometimes you're going to walk through territory that's muddy and caca. Even when you're trying to do the right thing, It's not my job to lead people away from what they would rather have. I could open up a whole Pandora's box on that. That's not my job. My job is to pre present to you there is a life of freedom that he wants for you. And I, it's my responsibility to show you with everything I got what that looks like and the steps you're going to have to take. And it's not always going to be easy. It's going it's to take, it's going to it's going to take, it's going to take rolling up your sleeves. It's going to take sometimes putting on, uh, uh, you know, putting on, the, uh, uh, what, what do y'all put those, when y'all go, when y'all go um, to Cedar Key and you, and you hunt oysters, you put your wet, uh, what, waders on. Some of you are going to have to do that because God's going to call, I'm not saying he's going to he really is though fishers of men see that's that's what I'm trying to do there's a moment that I felt defeated but I had to get to a place where I was okay with me and how God created me and how God wired me and what he and the call that he placed on my life See, the problem with wanting to be liked and approved by other people is that you will then become, you will then try to, to manipulate the original plan for your life to become what they want you to be. I'm just going to be honest. Where I am today, and I'm done, where I am today is I just got tired, of, even this week after Friday. God, I'm tired of dealing with insecurity. God, give me the boldness to stand up and proclaim whatever you put on my heart. And you need to pray the same thing for you. God, give me the boldness to, to trample on the things that I'm having to go through, that I can walk into my job with confidence. Yes, I'm going through this, but it's just that. I'm going through it. I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to sulk about it. It's just time to live different, y'all. It's just time to live different. 
I don't want to be a closet Christian. I don't want to be a secret service Christian. I don't want to be a secret service church. Have you ever felt like, have you ever felt like sometimes you've been plagued with self-doubt and insecurity and a lack of self-confidence? If that's you, would you stand in this room? Have you ever had a moment where you felt like you were plagued with insecurity, self-doubt, and self-confidence? How crazy is it? How crazy is it that he put together an entire service today just for you? You're standing. He, all of that was for you. Steph, it was for you. Wayne, it was for you. Daniel Hunt, <laughs> he brought you all the way across the ocean. Sure, you could have listened on podcast, but he brought you here today to remind you I placed something inside of your life that I didn't give to anybody else. And, he's, and he has then sent you across the world to distribute and be a distributor of what he's placed inside of you. Daniel. And he brought you here today to be reminded, I called you to this. I'll never leave you and I won't forsake you. You belong to him. It's crazy, y'all. He put the whole service together for us and me. No closeout song. Adam's going to come pray. But first, I'm going to declare this over your life. Be strong and very courageous. For the Lord, if you're standing, throw your hands up. This is how you receive. This is how you receive. This is how you receive. Be strong and very courageous. Why? For the Lord your God is still with you and he will follow you wherever you go. Don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. Church family, you belong to him. He's got you. He's got you. He's going to see you through. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Je listen, he's coming, he's coming. Come on, Adam. Listen, listen. Don't allow the enemy to rob you, to steal, kill, or destroy this word and what I just spoke over your life. Do not allow, he will come in like a flood to rob you of that seed. So God, right now, take that seed and plant it deep into their hearts deep into their spirits right now hide it guard it protect it from the enemy in Jesus name finish it up we've been in the book of Joshua so repeat after me as for me and my house we will serve the Lord yeah yeah father we love you Lord we're going to stand on your word this week well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.